Welcome to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. If you would like to participate on today's program, call now, 803-1520. That's 803-1520. All right, here we go. Think again. Think again. Welcome to our Top of Discussion program, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Western New York, still fighting the war on poverty, now in our 54th year. Each week we talk to you about issues, events, and trends affecting you right here and right now in Buffalo and the Western New York community, and in fact, connecting you to communities all across the country. I'm your host, L. Nathan Hare, President and CEO of the Community Action Organization. Make us a part of your Saturday every Saturday at ESPN 1520 AM on your dial from 11 o'clock to 12 noon each week. Now, today's program is live, so you can call and you can join our discussion. hope that you will. Our number here again is 803-1520. That's 803-1520. Now, I know everybody wants to get on this Epstein and Trump and, and Acosta and so on, and we can talk about that during the course of today's program. But I like to be faithful and do the things that I say that I'm going to do. So we said last week we were going to talk about the uh, uh, taxes, uh, John uh, of Rochester indicated that the uh, Reagan administration was the best uh, in terms of uh, increasing uh, taxes, uh, tax, uh, uh, personal tax income and, and in corporate tax income over the course of his eight-year term. I said that I would tease this out. I would, I would do the research. And so let's just take a quick look at it. This I took from an article written by Kimberly Amadeo, which president created the most jobs. So I wanted to talk about jobs and taxes because those are the two things that John talked about last week. And of course, when you when you talk about this, you have to look at the percentage of jobs that were created as opposed to just the number of jobs that were created, because there are a lot more people in the United States in 1980 than there were in 1960. So if you just looked at raw number of jobs, it would be a distorted picture. All that being said, uh, when we talk about uh, the person who, who, who did the best in terms of jobs, uh, not the best in terms of jobs increased, a percentage increase, but just in terms of total jobs was Bill Clinton. He added 18.6 million jobs during the course of his eight-year term. That was a 15.6% increase in the total number of people that had jobs from the time he, he took office in the beginning of uh, 1993 to the end of 2000, the year 2000. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, on the other hand, created the most percentage-wise. He had a 21.5% increase in the total number of people that had jobs from the beginning of his uh, 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 rule until the end. But Franklin Delano Roosevelt ruled for 12 years. We, we, he was trying to rule for, for, uh, for four years. Sounds kind of like Donald Trump, doesn't it? He wants to rule like Idi Amin uh, for life. Uh, but if you're talking about a two-term president, Ronald Reagan had the highest percentage increase of jobs from the beginning of his term in 1981 to the end of his term in 1988. He had a 16.5% increase in the total number of jobs. Presidents whose job creation records, uh, or, or presidents' job creation records depend somewhat on the business cycle. So, for example, all of those presidents uh, over the modern era who in inherited a recession like Bill Clinton, like Barack Obama, like Ronald Reagan, like Jimmy Carter, like Lyndon Baines Johnson, they did better at job creation. They started with a low base uh, where jobs were, were, were declining, were actually losing jobs, and they had nowhere uh, to go but up. 
those that created recessions, and I hate to use that term created recessions because I don't think presidents have that much control over the economy, but those for whom uh, recessions began during the course of their uh, presidential administration, like both of the Bushes, uh, uh, Richard Nixon, Dwight D. D. Eisenhower, those presidents did worse in terms of uh, total jobs created. Bill Clinton presided over eight years of steady economic growth without adding to the debt. He created a surplus, reducing the debt by $63 billion. I wanted to make sure that you all understood that because we always talk about Bill Clinton creating a $2 trillion surplus. It was only a $2 trillion surplus if we continue to uh, apply the same policies, uh, the same executive orders, the same uh, legislation at the uh, going into uh, 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 the Bush administration from the Clinton administration, if we had kept the same rules in place, the same programs in place, the same policies in place, then we would have seen a, uh, a wiping out of our debt and the creation of a $2 trillion surplus. But of course, when George Bush II came in, uh, along with the Rep Republican uh, cabal in Congress, they stated to the American people that the reason why Bill Clinton had a surplus was because uh, uh, the federal government was taxing the American people too much. And so they wanted to, 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 to take back uh, or, or, or reduce the amount of taxes collected as if that was going to still turn into the surplus uh, that was projected if we had stayed with Bill Clinton's um, uh, uh, policies. Obviously, that did not occur, and we ended up going into a recession. We'll get into that as we talk in today's program. In his omnibus uh, Budget Reconciliation Act of 1993, that's Clinton's, he raised the top, top tax rate from 28% to 36% for high-income earners. He increased the top corporate tax rate from 34% to 36%. He created the Earned Income Tax Credit for Low-Income Families and raised the gas tax by 43%. Uh, cents per gallon. I got about two minutes here. Um, President Reagan, excuse me, uh, uh, President Reagan added 16.5 million jobs during his eight-year term, a 16.5 percent increase. It was the second large. He was the second largest job creator, both number-wise and percentage-wise. Reagan cut the top top income tax rate from 70 percent to 28 percent. He also cut the top uh, corporate rate from 48 percent to 34 percent. He increased government spending by 2.5% a year, and his policies resulted in a doubling of the debt from the beginning of his term to the end of his term. President Jimmy Carter added almost 10 million jobs, uh, almost an 11% increase. He did so by increasing the debt by 43%. President Obama created 8.9 million jobs by the end of his uh, term in uh, December of 2016, a 6.2% increase. But you, to understand the Obama uh, a record uh, better. There were 143.4 million people working at the end of the Bush administration in 2008. At the end of 2016, there were 152 million people. So that's over uh, uh, roughly an 11 a million person increase in number of people working. It also doesn't ex uh, 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 take into account the fact that the, the economy lost 8.5 million jobs as a result 
of the 2008 financial crisis under the Bush administration, and it kept shedding those jobs until December of 2009. That was the first year of the Obama administration. But from that low point, the Obama administration created 16 million jobs, a 11, an 11.6% increase. And if measured that way, Obama was the third largest uh, job creator in terms of, of numbers. Now, quickly on the, uh, uh, the taxes. Personal income tax uh, revenue under Reagan grew from almost $600 billion in 1981 to almost uh, $910 billion in 1988, a 51.7% growth, a growth rate of about 6.4% per year. Under George Bush Sr., uh, tax revenue grew uh, by or just over $990 billion in 1989 to uh, uh, just under $1.1 trillion in 1992 equaling a 10% growth over a four-year rather than an eight-year period, or about 2.5% growth per year. Under Bill Clinton, personal <clears throat> income tax revenue grew from $1.5 trillion in 1993 to $2.03 trillion in 2000, equaling a 76.5% growth in personal income tax revenue, or about 9.56 growth per year. Under George Bush Jr., again, a Republican president, personal income tax revenue grew uh, from $1.99 trillion to, in 2001 to $2.52 trillion in 2008, equaling a 53% uh, growth in uh, per, uh, personal income tax revenue, or about 6.625% uh, uh, growth per year. Under Barack Obama, personal income tax revenue grew from $2.1 trillion to $3.27 trillion in 2016, a, equaling a 55.7% growth in, in personal income tax revenue, or about 6.9%, 6.96% growth per year. Under Donald Trump, and we'll stop right here, uh, uh, under Donald Trump Jr., personal income tax uh, revenue over the two years that he's been in office uh, went from $3.2 trillion in 2017 to $3.3 trillion in 2018, equaling a 3.1% growth over that two-year period uh, in personal income tax revenue, or about 1.55% growth per year. As you can see, Donald Trump, with all of the uh, bragging that he does, has nowhere near, pomp and circumstance, uh, has not done anywhere near as well as uh, any of his predecessors in terms of overall growth in personal income tax revenue that could then be used to pay uh, on our expenses and our debt. So given that, we've got two callers hanging on. Uh, let me get Tony first, and we'll try to get John on. I don't know if we can get him on before the uh, uh, the commercial break. We'll do the best we can. Let's get uh, uh, Tony on first. Tony, how are you doing out there? Tony, did I lose you? I need some help. Yep. Tony, are you there? Okay. Tony, are you are you out there? Hello, Tony, are you there? All right, we're gonna try it one more trick. Okay, all right. Well, uh, let me do this then, uh, since I got a, a, a couple of moments. And it, and it, Tony, if you just keep on talking, uh, hopefully you you'll you'll grab me as I'm talking, and we'll and we'll get you on the air. Uh, but I wanted to also talk about. Uh, our president, uh, and I'm going to say that advisedly, our president, uh, Donald Trump, who claims that he's the godfather of the greatest uh, environmental uh, revolution that the world has ever seen. I'm, I'm 
not even barely paraphrasing what he said, uh, Donald Trump said his administration was working, quote, harder than many previous administrations, maybe almost all of them, to protect the environment. That's what he actually said. Uh, Since taking office, Trump has allied himself with coal, oil, and gas industry groups, nominated a former energy lobbyist to run the Environmental Protection Agency, vowed to pull out of the uh, uh, Paris Climate Accord. Uh, In fact, the uh, American Lung Association announced that it plans to sue the administration for violating the Clean Air Act. This is the so-called clean air president that he claims himself to be. Uh, In terms of the passage of the Clean Air Act, uh, which forced emissions reductions uh, across the country, this led to actually less smog in our environment. America does rank 10th as opposed to number one that Donald Trump had said. Uh, America ranks 10th for air quality. U.S. air quality in the world is deteriorating, however. The EPA data shows that there there were more days of polluted air during each of Trump's first two years in office than during any of the four years prior to Trump taking office. In many cities, U.S. cities, more people are being exposed to unhealthy levels of ozone, the key pollutant uh, in in smog that is linked to asthma and other respiratory uh, illnesses. The irony is that progress was, was made, the progress that we've seen made over the course of the last decade has been made because of actions taken by previous administration, administrations, which Trump has strenuously objected uh, to those actions taken by President Obama and previous administrations. He has the gall to claim that air is cleaner under him than under uh, previous administration, that he's done better than any other administration uh, in the history of the country in reducing uh, air pollutants that our populations are being uh, uh, forced to live with, when in fact he has done everything in his <clears throat> in his power uh, to reduce the regulations that have produced cleaner air in our country, and uh, has actually reversed trends that it has taken decades uh, to get underway. On clean water, for example, uh, Trump said, today the United States is ranked, listen to this, number one in the world for access to clean drinking water. And the the record is the U.S. does have safe drinking water, earning the highest ranking uh, in the world, according to the Environmental Performance Index. However, that distinction is also shared by nine other countries in the world. In other words, there are 10 countries that have the same uh, uh, index of environmental performance with with relation to Uh, safe drinking water as the United States does. The fact remains that many Americans in rural and impoverished parts of this country lack safe drinking water. In California, for example, some estimates suggest that more than a million people don't have access to clean water. Let us not forget that Trump and his allies, the people that he has been putting into uh, control of of our executive administration of our federal government, They were the ones who uh, actually championed and defended the people in Michigan, uh, the Republican administration in Michigan, that took the sourcing of water from uh, the Hudson River and, uh, or excuse me, from from Lake Hudson, the Hudson Lake, 
and transferred that water sourcing uh, to the Flint River as if they weren't smart enough to know that the reason why they called Flint River Flint River is because the river flowed over uh, a bed a bedrock that had large quantities of flint. Flint is a mineral that if you strike it, you know, against uh, iron or something, you know, uh, 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 really hard, it will actually uh, emit, emit sparks. It will catch fire or it will cause other things to catch fire. <laughs> if the mineral, if, if the rock was that reactive and you have water flowing over the rock, wouldn't you think that some of the flint material, mineral, would get into the water and go into the people's homes and people would end up drinking that water, which is exactly what, what occurred. And so we ended up with, you know, this uh, flint and lead poisoning environment uh, in Flint, Michigan, in this country that should be the number one uh, safest uh, drinking water place in the world. We ended up being, um, we, 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 our performance uh, does not meet the standards that we should expect for ourselves. There's also something called, uh, and I'm going to say this uh, probably wrong, uh, perfluoral, uh, uh, perfluoral alkyl, uh, alkyl uh, which is that they refer to it as PFA, PFA, PFAs, uh, have been linked to cancer and other health problems. Okay. All right. We'll tell you what, we're going to take our first break. We're working through our uh, technical difficulties. Don't go away. We'll get to you during the course of this this hour. We'll see you inside of the break here at Think Again. Think again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. It's great to be back out in the sunshine. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio, and now that you've filled up the bike tires, signed up for that softball league, or started training for that 5K, make sure you take care to be safe and avoid injuries. But in the event you do get injured, no worries. Whether you suffer a sprain, strain, or break, it's never been easier, quicker, or less expensive to get the care you need. That's because Excelsior Orthopedics Express has changed the way that Western New Yorkers receive care for injuries to our muscles, bones, and joints. At Excelsior Orthopedics Express, you can Skip the ER or General Urgent Care Center and see a specialist right away. One stop, one copay, and you'll walk out with everything you need. Imaging, casting, splints, you name it. Open weekdays and evenings, as well as Saturdays, Excelsior Express is on Sheridan Drive in Amherst and on Niagara Falls Boulevard near the airport. If you suffer a sprain, strain, or break, get expert care and save time and money by going to Excelsior Orthopedics Express. Call 250-9999 to minimize your weight. All day. Every day, this is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 watt, ESPN 1520. 
All right, great. Look, I think we've got our, our we've got our technical difficulties nailed down now. So, is it uh, John first, and then we'll get uh, Frank and Lockport. John, how are you doing? Oh, and by the way, uh, uh, Tony, if you're on the line, I think you were the call that really got uh, completely disconnected. So you need to call back so we can get you into the program. John, how are you doing out there in Lockport? Good, Nathan. Uh, you know, I think. I have always thought that Reagan was the worst president in American history. Now I, <laughs> I think it's Bush, or I think it's uh, Trump now. But I'll tell you why and explain why. You mm. went through a lot of it, but I'll go through what I have. Uh, Reagan, Reagan destroyed the middle class. The tax cut uh, that he gave to the top 1% knocked, knocked their, their uh, tax down from 74% to 28%. He raised taxes 11 times on the middle class in order to try to make that up. And, and mm-hmm. it, he actually tripled. The, the deficit from close to one trillion to three trillion, so he more than doubled it. He tripled it. The unemployment rate jumped to ten point eight percent after his tax cut. Uh, income equality exploded. You, all you got to do is look at the graph from when he took office till uh, till today, and you see how uh, the uh, income for the top one percent exploded, mm-hmm. whereas uh, the income for the middle class stayed the same. And when you I'm, have a, a drop from 70% to 28% under Reagan in terms of the top income tax rate paid by the uh, the top income earners, that's right. a 42% drop in taxes from the people that had the most money to tax right. in the first place. You are absolutely on the mark. Right. Uh, then he also, um, he, he should have been impeached for the Iran-Contra scam. It was, mm-hmm. it was the most impeachable offense in American history, but he, he, he got two guys to take the rap, Poindexter and Ollie North. Mm-hmm. And when they took the rap and they were convicted, uh, a, a attorney general under uh, George Bush Sr. Uh, by the name of William Barr. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Our famous he, William he, Barr. <laughs> he, he told, uh, because uh, Bush was involved with it, too. Mm-hmm. He told Bush that, hey, if you pardon these two guys, the, the whole thing will go away. And he did. He mm-hmm. pardoned uh he pardoned Park Point Dexter and North, and the North. whole uh, Iran-Contra thing disappeared. Yep. Reagan helped to create the Taliban and Osama bin Laden. Uh, he funded he funded them with billions of dollars. He was responsible for increasing the AIDS epidemic because he wasn't even considered right. until until um, he uh, realized that AIDS were killing heterosexuals as well as homosexuals. And then he finally did something, but by then uh, they said that, that there were a million people in, a million people who increased having AIDS. Mm-hmm. He, cut, he, he had made cuts to Medicare. Uh, I think that at, at one time Medicare was funded 100 percent. Right. Uh, but then he, uh, to get his buddies involved and, you know, get private enterprise involved, I think that he gave 20 percent to private enterprise. He also robbed the Social Security Fund. He, he's the one that started putting in IOUs into the Social Security system. So, I mean, like, he, I consider him the worst president in American history, well, except for now, but with Trump. But, and, I, and, I, and George Bush uh, Jr. is not far behind. <laughs> I mean, he started that war. He, uh, he started that war for, for no good reason. And he also uh, was, in, was there in office when we had the Great Recession. Yep. So, I mean, like, <laughs> one after the other, I'll tell you. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Thanks, John. We're going to run. We've got to get a lot, lot in during this time. Let's get Frank on, and we'll try to get Rambo, Jim, and hopefully Tony will get a chance to call in. Frank, how are you doing out there? Hey, Nathan. You know, I, I like to think a majority of your listeners would throw a party if Republicans got destroyed in the 2020 election. 
Yeah, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of hard work we've all got to do in the meantime. Uh, A a while back uh, on a group's Twitter account I contribute uh, contribute writing and research to was uh, suspended because of a uh, tweet I wrote Hmm. uh, to to a thread of senior citizens' organizations and top Republican officials. Mm -hmm. And I wrote, if seniors are voting for Republicans in 2020... Why not just punch yourselves in the face instead? <laughs> and, uh, I, 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 you know, on that tweet, I presented data collected as evidence titled, The U.S. Economy, Half of Americans Will Retire With Nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the feedback, you know, wow, I could tell you the, the establishment hates boat rockers. Yeah, they they so, really jumped on you as if you had attacked seniors when you were really trying to defend the interest of seniors. <laughs> yes. I, I, we have to take a realistic look at our economy, you know, get through the smoke and mirror, mm-hmm. like you were saying. But, but anyway, so I can imagine what will happen to my next research project. You know, my friend suggested I purchase a bulletproof vest for this one because it could be <laughs> a, some uh, what you call blowback. Yeah. Anyways, I've uncovered evidence that top Republicans and Wall Street fraud artists are involved with money laundering, illegal drug trafficking profits through campaign donations and gifts. Wow. You know, most of the GOP using wise as the shills. Mm-hmm. As an example, uh, Republican Representative Duncan Hunter recently threw his own wife under the under bus. Under the bus, while, yes. Yeah, while yep. awaiting trial for allegedly misusing campaign funds. And was going to let yeah. her actually stand trial by herself. I've yeah. never seen that before. <laughs> huh. And they said, how's that for personal responsibility? Wow. You wow. know, and, and if, if women are voting for Republicans, they should just slap them down themselves down, too, instead. By the way, did you see the news? Uh, a Western New York man and woman abuser has been charged with threatening to kill U.S. Rep- Representative mm. Ilhan Omar. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But anyways, uh, remember four years ago when Mitch McConnell, a.k.a. Cocaine Mitch, was found receiving millions of dollars of gifts from his wife, Elaine Chow's family, mm-hmm. who were caught trafficking 90 pounds of cocaine on a freighter. Yep. And and just the other day, a ship owned by J.P. Morgan was involved with a $1.3 billion cocaine bust. And here's the evidence I found and forwarded to the DEA, Justice Department, FBI, and Interpol. Both J.P. Morgan and Senate Majority Leader McConnell we're involved with cocaine trafficking on ships registered in Liberia. Isn't it funny you know, that the sons and daughters of the robber barons of the 19th century, the middle 19th century, uh, we still see their names showing up, you know, on these these big drug scandals and these these uh, human trafficking, you know, scandals. Something is there's got to be something to that. <laughs> yeah, the ship, the ships, the Ping May and the M S. Guyane both flew the Liberian flag. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I also forwarded this info to uh, Amy McGrath, a former Marine fighter pilot and political candidate running against Mitch, Mitch McConnell, McConnell for, right. Kentucky, yeah, for Kentucky State Senate. So, you know, I urge all our voters, uh, all the voters out there listening to this show, 
to participate in our trying to get mean in 2019 campaign. There you go. And, get and, mean you know, in 2019. Demand accountability from the Republican Party money lovers. <laughs> Outstanding. Thanks, Frank. Great call. Appreciate you. Uh, let's get Tony. Then we're going to get to, to Rambo Jim. And I think we're going to have a little um, uh, soundbite I wanted to play in front of uh, Rambo Jim. But let's get Tony first and Clarence. Tony, how are you doing out there? Well, I said I was good, but then we got cut off. But that's okay. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say today because, you know, when you look at this total week, there were three, I believe, three defeats for this president that were of consequence. And one of them was based on the census. And, you know, I don't understand how anybody could read the article that covers the census in the Constitution where it tells us that you count each and every person. Right. Has nothing to do with citizenship. Right. Now, you know, he finally gave up on, well, he didn't give up, but he finally allowed the, you know, the court to take its way. There are so many things going wrong in this country right now. I mean, I'll leave it to others today because I was just exasperated by the whole week. In fact, it made me so tired I fell asleep watching one of the shows. But one other thing that came to my attention during the week was the idea of the large student debt in the United States. I met some people uh, who took out loans, and I'll, I'll refer you back, way back, to an article I read to you way back in the August of 2016 in the Consumer Reports. And it's titled, I Kind of Ruined My Life by Going to College. Mm. Remember that yep. long time yep. ago? That was a girl named Jackie Cohen, mm-hmm. K-R-O-W-E-N, 32 years old, mm-hmm. Portland, Oregon. Oregon. Her student debt was a staggering $152,000. Mm-hmm. She's she probably paying something like $1,500 a month if she had to pay it over a 10-year period. She's... Well, in, in her particular case, remember, the government keeps going from one contractor to another to collect these debts. Mm-hmm. And when she paid into one of the companies, they didn't. They lost her records. Mm. So all her payments were flushed down the toilet, basically. Wow. Wow. Right, now, right now in this country, roughly 46 million people owe over 1.6 trillion in student debt. And I, I won't go any further on that because it's heartbreaking. I mean, how could you live with owing all that money? And when you pay it, basically you're paying the interest and never getting the principal, right? Well, that's the problem when you have private companies that are the ones that are the source of the money, you know, to pay for your, your, your college because they're the ones who structure the rules uh, and policies over how you pay the money back. And so you get stuck in a situation where you're paying all interest for maybe the first five or six years before you're paying anything on your debt, and you just find yourself living for the first 15 or 20 years after you leave uh, college, assuming you got a job right away, you're spending right. most of your discretionary income. You're paying paying on your student debt. Yeah, and I, for those who don't think that Barack Obama didn't inherit a one hellish situation, hellish, I I mean, really, remember the last months uh, after the crash and all of the mortgage uh, difficulties, there was an, uh, uh, the Bush, last Bush report 
showed 600,000 people a month were losing their jobs. Mm -hmm. So exactly. what I say, what I say is that President Obama did a remarkable job in getting the country back on its feet. And I don't care what anybody says. By the way, why aren't we calling Hollow Man Hollow Man? <laughs> he, you know, he's already lied over 11,436 times. Yep. Yep. He's already in the Guinness, but he wants to assure himself of being in the Guinness World Book of Records. So he just continues to lie one thing after another. And where are we right now with Iran? We are so far from the treaty that in 2015, which created the the the, uh, the way of checking on their nuclear fissile uh, uh, materials, mm -hmm. and what we have now is a chance for an out-out war. And you know what's so despicable probably. about the Iranian situation is all of the media, both foreign and domestic, domestic here, keep talking about Iran violating the deal, that they're breaking the deal. But the, <laughs> the deal was broken over a year ago by Donald Trump. When he Absolutely. backed out and then he put all of this pressure on the other partners in the deal for them to not honor any trade with Iran either and so put Iran in this box, basically he's the one that broke the deal. They didn't just violate the deal, he broke the deal. So it's not that yeah. Iran is violating the deal. Iran is saying the deal has already been broken. We've been going along with it over the course of this time, hoping that you all would come to your senses and do right by us. But obviously, you're not going to do right by us. So we're going to go on our own our own path. This is just despicable the way that this is being discussed. Well, what he, what Trump's theory is, if I can force that to take an increase reduction to twenty percent then all of Europe will turn against them and reissue the sanctions. Yep. That's Trump's poker match. It's his poker match. That's I'll his let hope. you go. I know you have a lot more people. Sorry about today's difficulties, but they started out in the uh, money money show. Bye-bye. Yep. yep, take care. All right, so we're going to take our, 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 our second break. And Rambo, just hold on because I want to have you be able to hear this, this soundbite, and then we'll have our conversation. So you all stick with us. We will see you on the side of the break here at Think Again. Think again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. My name is Reba, and I am Gateway Longview. Gateway Longview is looking for youth care professionals. As a youth care professional, I'm inspired to help the children get back to their families and into the community. Do you have what it takes to inspire bright futures as a youth care professional? We really try and look out for each other and work to support the Gateway Longview mission to protect, give hope, and enrich the lives of children. Join the Gateway Longview team as a youth care professional. Apply now at gateway-longview.org and click on the Careers tab. 
Smoke them if you got them. What can you expect at Blended? Buffalo's premier cigar event? How about five premium cigars from the Tinderbox? A free rocks glass with cigar holder. Sampling from great brands like Elijah Craig, Larceny, Rittenhouse, and more. A free Iron Vertigo cigar cutter and branded men's toiletry bag. Full lunch with carving stations. Sessions with CAO Master Blender Ricky Rodriguez and Macanudo's Laurel Tilly. Local celebrities and much more. For tickets and info, go to BlendedBuffalo.com. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 watt ESPN Sykes, I've got a different little montage to play for you. It is a montage of media criticism from the conservative echo chamber when a president of the United States uh, appeared with the president of Cuba. Take a listen to this. While the world burns, President Obama takes in a baseball game with a brutal dictator. President Obama is under fire from being out of touch with his own country. The optics of him sitting next to a communist dictator. Going to the baseball game. Attended a baseball game. Sitting at a baseball game. What he did yesterday embarrassed me as an American. He went to a baseball game in Cuba doing the wave with communist dictators. What is your reaction to that? I know what mine well, is. It certainly looks terrible. Uh, all right. I mean, that was just so classic when Donald Trump is in bed with Kim Jong-un uh, having love letters claiming that he, he and Kim Jong-un fell in love <laughs> and he hopes that, that Kim uh, Jong-un likes him, uh, that he's in bed with and, and, and with President Xi in, uh, in, in China, in Duterte, who's killing like seven, eight, ten thousand 10,000 people in the Philippines. All of that's great. And you didn't hear Sean Hannity and the rest of these echo chamber people on Fox News jumping out of their beds and whatnot. Uh, you're right, over, over those issues. But they jump out of their bed because President Obama has uh, tried to create uh, uh, some space of detente between uh, Cuba and the United States. He went to a baseball game with this guy so that people who live in Cuba right now or live in Florida right now who are Cubans who want to have a relationship with their family members in Cuba could actually have that relationship and try to draw this island into the, uh, uh, the economics of the Western, uh, Western Hemisphere. So, Rambo, just as as a, a initial Rambo, how you doing, man? I just as a, as an initial question, what's different between uh, President Trump, you know, uh, jumping around with uh, Kim Jong Un or with Duterte or with uh, President Z and and the numbers of dictators that he's uh, Putin, uh, the, the biggest one, Putin, that he's running around with? Why is that all fine and great and happy clappy, but President Obama opening up relations with 
uh, uh, Castro in Cuba is such a horrible, terrible thing. How can that? How can both of those things be true? Oh, there's a whole bunch of politics there. But understand, now this guy in North Korea, you know, like like the like <laughs> like Russia as well. He's a little potbelly dictator. That's true. However, he's a little potbelly dictator that has a missile that we know for a fact, nuclear tip missiles that can, at the very least, take out the West Coast and as far maybe as Seattle. So, the, so that's the distinction. That's the distinction. Changes everything. I see. Okay. Now I want to talk. <laughs> what I'd like to talk about is, you know, Nathan. If you, if it's, if I can get you just for a while to stop hating so much. Why I, is it that whenever somebody speaks to you about something that is factual, you take the factual assertions and say that it's hate? There's no hate here. It's well, not. It's not my hate. Years old, I never it, saw but it's like not. It's before. not my hate. That is the reason why Donald Trump has seen growth in personal income tax uh, taxes in this country uh, revenue by only 1.5 percent per year, when every other president for the last six presidencies in a row have had plus six percent per year growth in personal income uh, uh, tax income. That's just a fact. It's not a it's not a hate that I have towards Donald Trump. It's a fact when Donald Trump claims this week. Donald Trump claimed that he has the best record on clean air and clean water of any president, has done more than any president in the history of the United States when he has done the exact opposite. Not because it's my opinion. I'm not giving you my opinion. This is what the people that test this stuff in the world who give you the documentation on air quality and water show you that during his administration he has reversed progress that has been made over the course of the past 20 or 30 years. That's not Nate Harris' opinion. Those are facts. Why do you always turn it into a personal thing? Why don't you ever say, well, gosh, is that true? Has, has air quality gotten worse? Has water quality gotten worse under this fellow? Uh, right, has income inequality gotten worse under this fellow? Why don't you talk about it from that perspective? Why does it have to be hate because somebody says something that's actually absolutely true? Well, let me put it this way. You, you talked about water quality. Well, it just so happens I don't live much further than a couple of stones throws away from the Niagara River. Now, I'm an old man now. I'm 64 years old. And I'm telling you, when we were kids, and I think I might have made this point with you possibly once before, I'm not sure, we didn't ride in the summertime, in the warm weather months, we never rode our bikes down by the Niagara River because of that rotten egg smell. Yep. That was from all the pollution being dumped into the river. Right. That Remember in your time, now, wait, th that's I when phosphates... Down, Nathan, go ahead. I jogged down by the river, and I'm telling you, I've never smelled the river as clean as it smells now. And now, you, you are, But you are making my point, Jim. You're making my point. My point is that the reason why the river smells so much better now is so much cleaner now is because of the work that has been done by previous administrations. This administration, right, going back to Lyndon Johnson 50 years ago, this administration has actually gone the opposite way. It actually has uh, moved to eviscerate the Clean Water Act. The Clean Water Act is the reason why you've been able to ride your bike by the Niagara River and not have all of that stuff, that, that the, the floral bloom of algae, you know, coming up into your nose. That's what you used to be smelling and whatnot. The reason why that's not occurring is because of the Clean Water Act. This president has actually moved to eviscerate the Clean Water Act. He has done the exact opposite 
of what has been done to make Zodian Channel. This is the, the way they described the problem with pollution. It, it took us a couple of hundred years to create the problem. The last forty or fifty years, we've been making big improvements, and we still are. However, but like they said on the Smithsonian Channel, no matter who, what, whoever, whoever is in charge, it's we still got another forty or fifty mm-hmm. years of work to do to completely solve the problem. Things are getting better. It's going to continue to go that way because but, no, I Jim, been, Jim, Jim, you're, you're you're missing my point. I I hear what you're saying. Yes, over the past fifty years, things have gotten better. That's not the point. The point is that under the last two years, with this president, with his deliberate actions, things are getting worse. The American Lung Association is actually moving to sue the the uh, 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 Trump administration for violating the Clean Air Act. The passage of the Clean Air Act is the reason why you've seen less smog and cleaner air in the United States. It's why America is in the top 10 in terms of air quality in the world. But our air quality is deteriorating. I'm quoting EPA data that shows that there are more days of polluted air during uh, President Trump's first two years in office than during any of the previous four years. So. The stuff that you're giving me, the historical stuff, and I appreciate you doing the work, you know, to understand that. But what you're missing is we now have a president who is undermining all of the work that has been done over the past 50 years. That's the point. Well, no matter who the president is, technology is marching forward. Now, I've spent the last (laughs) nine years of my life, over nine years, being retired, and I've got too much time on my hands so I watch all these documentaries about solving the world's problems. Okay. Every problem that they, that, like, whether it's pollution, I'll give you one example. Recently I saw a thing. Exploring the galaxy, our problem is we don't have propulsion systems that will take our rocket ships through the galaxy fast enough. NASA called some college professor with a Ph.D., and they said, well, what's the solution to the problem? The professor said, I'm already working on it. We're working at the, at the college where he works on designing propulsion systems that are going to explore, will give us the speed to go through the galaxy. Right. I, I, than- t- Jim, Jim, I get your point that technology is moving. There are people out here doing good things. The point I've been trying to get you to understand is just because there are people in the country that are trying to do right, it doesn't change the fact that we have elected a president who is trying to do wrong, that we have people who have become uh, rulers over our uh, legislative branch of government who are deliberately doing wrong, who are doing the opposite of the technological the technological uh, innovations, the goal of the technological innovations that you just described. Jim, we'll talk more next week. I got to get two more calls in. Uh, let me get other John, then we'll get Ron on. Other John, how you doing? Uh, how you doing out there? Pretty well, pretty well. Hey, you just had a moron on that was. Called. I don't want to call him any names. Just no, you we, don't. we disagree. Don't. <laughs> okay, but uh, he didn't recognize the fact that uh, Donald Trump is a liar of, mm-hmm. of the first magnitude. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. ranks number 27 in terms of air quality and water quality. Number 27. Mm. And, in fact, uh, Comrade Trump wants to re- reduce the auto emission standards, the mileage standards. Mm-hmm. E- even, the, even the auto companies are opposed to that. If it wasn't but, for California, he would have done this by now. But California has so much of the market 
that they really can't cross California. Otherwise, he would have thrown those admission standards out two years ago. That, you're right. And we have, we have yet to have morons address that. But uh, one issue that I'd like to bring up uh, that nobody seems to have mentioned, or at least that I've heard, is Epstein. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think what we have here is blackmail. Uh, I think what we have is uh, the Godfather 3 meets Iran-Contra. Mm. If you take a look at his relationships with other people, like a fellow named Wexner, W-E-X-N-E-R mm-hmm. in Ohio, mm-hmm. and the uh, deceased DeBartolo, Bar- De the previous mobbed-up Right. We remember that. Director. I know we remember that case. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, you, you take a look at uh, his, his ex-girlfriend, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, who mm-hmm. was the daughter of uh, a legendary thief who mysteriously died in 1991. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's remarkable that uh, nobody's mentioned that. But I think what's going to happen is that uh, the sex part of the scandal will be made very, very public, but the underlying rationale will not. And, and I think uh, pretty much that... Uh, and, and I think it's intriguing that Donald Trump claimed, you know, initially, you know, like this guy's, you know, wonderful guy. We used to hang out together. He likes pretty girls just like I do. He even likes younger girls. When he said that, see, Donald Trump runs his mouth so much, he often tells on himself. And well, so when he says that, that Epstein liked younger girls, not just pretty girls, but younger girls or, or girls on the young side, what it told me is that means that that Donald Trump has been in the presence of Epstein when he's had these very young girls sitting on his lap, you know, serving him, you know, whatever it was that was going on uh, on those boats and so on uh, to put this modeling agency that was just like Donald Trump's modeling agency and so on. Uh, it, it says to me that Donald Trump was in the presence of Epstein when Epstein was engaging in this kind of behavior. And uh, that that's going to blow up at some point. Worse yet, and this is purely conjecture, but uh, don't forget Ivanka was about 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And, and Epstein's penchant for young girls is yep. still there. Yeah. Maybe so, that's anyway, why. That's my two cents for this week. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll talk, I talk to you next week. That may be why you've heard uh, Trump say that that he broke camp you know, with Epstein 15 years ago. It may have been because of Epstein's, you know, maybe hitting on uh, Donald Trump's daughter. That could be pot. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say that, that was Donald Trump's job. I'm not going to go there. Let me get Ron and Cheek to walk on before we get done with the hour. Ron, how are you doing out there? Okay. A um, couple of things here. First of all, all the statistics that you took about 10 or 15 minutes to at the beginning of the mm-hmm. hour uh, about job creation, the one thing that you, di- uh, you didn't mention, or apparently none of the studies, uh, is the, what kind of jobs. And I always remember the debate in 1988, Dukakis versus George H.W. Bush, in which George H.W. Bush tried to t- tell, uh, 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 the, 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 during the debate, to say that, uh, that he had created, I don't know, what, what, 15 million jobs under Reagan, or whatever the statistic is. Mm-hmm. Dukakis came out and said, well, yes, but a lot of these jobs are replacing good union jobs that have been outsourced through because of your trade policies, and uh, they're replaced by service industry jobs. Now, in 1996, poor old Robert Dole, the butt of many a joke and seemed to be a dotty old guy that was past his time that ran against Clinton, made the same point. And tragically, 
they're both right. Mm-hmm. Since Friedmanite economics in the early 1980s, that has been the pattern. Union busting, outsourcing jobs, and creating jobs. In fact, I think the AFL-CIO, somewhere in the late 90s, did a study that showed that the total net worth of those jobs created, that was even about 10 or 15 million more than the jobs that were lost, mm-hmm. net gain, their total net worth was like two-thirds in economics as far as wages and benefits. I, so that's I believe that's true. Yep. So yep. that's something, yeah, go ahead. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think if you looked at that in terms of uh, year-over-year net uh, 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 income in, in the hands of people, we lost probably something in the area of two trillion dollars in income right that went into into our house that's probably where we got stuck in this income inequality uh, uh, like the matrix that we found ourselves in that just we don't seem to be able to extract ourselves from it as as much as the uh, increase or the decrease in taxes for the wealthy Mm -hmm. you've also had part of this whole economic you know grind people to, into, into the dirt, this race to the bottom, yep. is the suppression of wages. It's systematic suppression by replacing good, solid units, union jobs with standard benefits, and yep. that, replacing them with service industry jobs that are no benefits and low wages. So, that's, yep. so talk about, you can create a trillion jobs, but if they have the less wages than the hundred million that they replaced, right. what good is it? Right. And let's let's remember what Hollow Man said. Uh, This was in 2015. He said that the American auto worker is going to have to get used to earning fifteen dollars an hour in order for us to be able to compete with low wage countries overseas. That's what he was offering to America. Well, he went he went further, didn't he? Make initially until he saw it, it caused such controversy. Didn't he was asked, "What do you think wages are too low or too high?" Oh, they're way too high. They got to go right. lower. Remember, yep. he said that during yep. the campaign early, yep. like in late 2015, yep. and then when that caused an outrage from even a lot of Republicans, he kind of backtracked on it. He always does that. He it's like he floats a trial balloon out there, and then he gets his his buddies in the media to to back him up and do apologetics for him when he screws up like that. Right. And I don't know if these you know American nativists that follow Donald Trump. I don't know if it's that they don't believe. Uh, that Donald Trump is saying these things and maybe that's why they don't react to it or if they just feel like, well, if the consequence is that the others are the ones who are going to wind up getting pushed into the low-wage jobs, but we're going to keep our jobs. I don't know what it is. I just can't comprehend. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a fanatical dev- uh, a devotion to these people. And I always, still always say this, and I, even, I had a big thing with Tom Hartman a, a few weeks ago about this. It's this Christian right mentality that everything's a conspiracy that their guy that has been told by the by their elders in their church is the anointed of god because he hates gays and and, uh, mm-hmm. and abortion and uppity women and at least in some way minority groups mm-hmm. they're told this and they disbelieve it so anything who's anybody who says anything bad about it you, you know you, it's a conspiracy you just heard rambo under if they're hate it's all hate you hate trump well, no, you're just pointing out facts about the situation. Right. It's not hate as such. It's just, the guy. in fact, if anybody's projecting the hate, who's the guy that says they're all rapists, they're all murderers, they're uh, these others, the Muslims are all about, out to kill, all the Muslims are out to kill all the non-Muslims and all right. that kind of stuff? I mean, who's the it, guy pushing that? It's true if, it, if it was hate, I would not have been telling you the truth about the fact that Ronald Reagan, you know, was the second highest producer of jobs and the, and the second highest uh, increaser uh, right. percentage-wise of jobs. Right. I don't 
don't I don't ignore truth. Truth is truth, yeah. right? Uh, the fact is that the guy that we have in office right now, he is really bad on these two issues. Uh, yeah, I got to run, Ron. I appreciate you, man. I'll, I'll talk to you in a week. We got to get Mark on and we got to get Kevin on. Mark, what's going on out there? How you doing? Hey, Nathan. Yeah. So so everyone connected to Epstein is connected to Trump. Right. You know? And, uh, you know, remember when remember when Obama brought uh, brought Common to the White House? Mm-hmm. And corporate media lost its collective mind? Yep. So this week, uh, Trump brings Nazis mm-hmm. to the White House. Right. Nazis. A yep. whole gaggle of them. Yep. Brings Nazis. But fascists and Nazis are all right to bring the White House, but common to entertain at the White House is, uh, is verboten. Right. It, the double stand. What is wrong with this media? They've, I, but remember what I told you when he first got in. They're going to roll over for him. Yep. All right, Nathan. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Let's grab uh, Kevin and Pendleton. Kevin, we got enough time to get you in. How you doing, man? Hey, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, uh, thank you for letting that guy know don't call people Mo, Curly, and Sue and Sue because I can easily say he's part of the trio of dumb, dumb, well, we, we We just want to exchange ideas. I, we, don't need to, we don't need to get into <laughs> the hey, name calling. I, I, I didn't know that. Uh, I, know, I always wondered where Bill Clinton got his freaking flower miles from. Now it's Epstein Airways. Oh, okay. But anyway, um, did you, you turn this into Bill Clinton, he, so you don't turn it into Donald Trump. You don't turn it into all the Republicans that were on uh, Epstein's listen. boat. You just turn it into Bill Clinton. Thanks to Mark for making the research <laughs> on on Mitch, Mitch McConnell. By the way, say again on Mitch McConnell. No, Mark. No, his research on Mitch McConnell. Okay. I was I was out here for years telling people that that show woman. If it weren't for somebody who's closely associated with China, right. um, you know, the communists, right. his wife. Right. And, you know, but, you know, but anyway, but anyway, but uh, by the way, um, let the people know, too, that cages for those children um, by the, the, the detention centers mm-hmm. did not start under Donald Trump. Okay. No one said that. No one said that. Okay, but, 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 sure but, but, but I want you to I be clear. Sure but I, I want you to be clear as we're making sure that right. what Bre- President Obama was facing was a massive influx of 60,000 plus uh, immigrants in the course of a single month that had not occurred previously. Yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah, well, did, he did go to those, those, those big cage areas, but he got rid of them within a span of months. Uh, he didn't okay, make well, that his policy. Your guy has made that his policy. Concentration uh, camps are the policies of uh, uh, the guy. Trump administration. Let's just be honest about that. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you guys. Thank you all out there for standing with us. We had a little technical difficulty, but I think we had a good show. Look forward to talking to you all again next week here at Think Again. Think again. been listening to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Be sure to tune in again next week at the same time for more Think Again.